بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العلم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا كريم مدية بردز انسستز الإسلام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته all praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance. And we seek guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evils of our souls and the adverse consequences of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees guidance upon the none can misguide that person. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees misguidance upon, then none can guide him. And peace and salutations be upon the final messenger, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From the outset, and since we have, or it's become a theme, especially in the last two talks of our series, I must enlighten you all that after my bath talk, I lost my voice. And Alhamdulillah, we still managed to go to Bristol and Cardiff. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted strength. Walillahi alhamd. It's come back. I was joking with the brothers earlier. I said, they asked, how's your voice? I said, the bass seems to be coming back. But the treble still needs some fixing. But inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us strength and an ability to be clear. But if I do have to turn to the right and left and clear the vocal cords a little bit, please excuse me. Barakallahu feekum. My dear mothers, fathers, brothers and sisters, mashaAllah. The title for today is Leadership Begins at Home. And no doubt leadership is a term which we've been using time and time again over the course of this particular series. And no doubt that it is a term coined many a time today. Many a time today. And in actual fact, this whole concept of leadership and being a leader and a visionary and so on and so forth, even though it's coined many a time today, it's not something foreign and strange to Islam. These concepts Islam came with, in fact. And this is clear from anyone who ponders and deliberates over the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And his mannerisms and etiquettes and methodologies and how he nurtured those that would carry the baton after him in working their way towards spreading Islam to the four corners of this world. This is exemplary leadership. But that's why... There's no, nothing strange when we find historians like Michael Hart actually list Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the most inspirational person of his remit of study in his book, The Hundred Most Influential People. I forget the exact name, but it revolves around that particular context. So it's not strange. Uh, he does say in his book that it may seem strange, but that is, it seems strange for the disbeliever. It's not strange for the believer. And as we say in the Arabic language, There's nothing strange in that. This is a reality and fact. 
It's a reality and fact. Good leadership is, or when we look at success, success, it's always synonymous with good leadership, even communal success. When we look at success within communities, we find that this success happens because of value-based leadership. And this is prevalent, again, in the seerah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and especially after hijrah to Medina, when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa established the center of Islam, or the capital of Islam, and how the community developed into an active and proactive entity. Right? This was based on value-led and based leadership. So leadership is something synonymous with success. However, brothers and sisters, when we discuss this topic, we've got to bring it down to its grassroots. And whenever we bring something down to its foundation, we understand that charity begins at home. Charity begins at home. And if this is the case, then true leadership has to start from the inside and then transcend outwards. Its foundation has to be planted and rooted and set and perfected inwardly before it transcends to the outwards. And if this is not the case, then we are nothing but personalities instead of people of character. We know when you traverse through the books of leadership, they discuss this concept of the personality trait versus the character trait. The personality trait versus the character trait. That today we live in an age of personalities. We live in an age of personalities. You are perceived as you coin yourself to be perceived, or as you pitch yourself to be perceived. A person can walk into this masjid with the, with the latest suit, wearing a designer label, and he could be from the most impoverished of people. But you and I, when we see him, we consider him a rich person. A person that possesses financial standing and material well-being. And in retrospect, you can have a millionaire, or a billionaire, but they can pitch themselves as someone from the impoverished, dress like someone who is a destitute. And by default, we will look at this person and consider them to be from those that are poor. Is this not the case? This is the reality of the era that we live in. This happened with the turn of the century, and as the ages moved from one age to the next, Right? From the agricultural age to the industrial age, and now we are in the age of information technology. So, these changes happened. And when we look at things from the, or from a seat of personification, or using this term, the personality trait, then we become superficial people. Superficial people, we're not really what people perceive us to be what people perceive us to be, right? So again, don't forget, we're tying this to this concept of charity beginning at home. It all begins from the beginning. It all begins from the beginning. This institutionalized place that religion and society has given diligence to the home, it has the perfect setting to breed 
excellence. To breed excellence. Now this concept of looking at characters and not personalities is something taught to us by the Sharia. It's taught to us by the Sharia. Our Sharia nurtures us to be people of substance. That we look at realities and base matters upon realities and take time to source the reality. Even if somebody comes to our home with the intention of marrying our daughter, we are taught by the Sharia to take the steps and not just judge matters based on what we see in front of us. And how Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu rightly advised a person and said, knowing a person happens through dealing with them, through traveling with them, through living with them. That's how you get to know a person. And even those who specialize in this science of personalities and characters, they say this, they say the problem with the personality trait, it has benefits. You can traverse the ranks or the leadership ranks or the ranks in your business or, or, or the corporate world that you might be in. You can get your promotions. The problem with the personality trait is that it all falls apart when push comes to shove. When push comes to shove, the reality of the person immediately comes up and the personality is dissolved, right? Our Sharia teaches us to be people of substance. When you travel with a person, in traveling there's difficulty. So certain realities will present itself. A person's ability to truly tolerate matters comes out. A person's ability to be fussy, for example, comes out. What they prefer eating, what they don't prefer eating. Now certain realities become known. Those realities which are normally hidden. This is the flaw with the personality trait. So Islam nurtures us to be people of character. We nurture characters and we present characters. We are people of substance and are not shallow. And this is clear when we listen to the hadith of the Prophet when he says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنظُرُ إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَاكِنْ يَنظُرْ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at your outwardness. He doesn't judge you based on your appearance. However, He judges you based on your deeds and judges you based on your intentions and your heart. Subhanallah. The intention is hidden. The heart is hidden. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges us by. You can observe the salah, but if it's done for somebody else, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't accept the salah from you. Subhanallah. It's not a case of you being seen to be observing the salah. It's the reality of you observing salah. It's the character behind the act, not the personality. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the hypocrites, He says subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَهُمْ تُعْجِبُكَ أَجْسَامُهُمْ That when you look at the hypocrites, what amazes you is their appearance. They show, but they hide their realities. This is hypocrisy. When you show something contradictory to what you actually believe, or show somebody something which contradicts what you really are. This is the personality trait versus the character trait. Alakulliha. We don't want to dive into a character building exercise, but I want you to understand how important the home is. That it all starts with the internal and it transcends outwards. It transcends outwards. Now, with this we understand 
how this topic of leadership and home become married together. Because if you want to be a successful leader, it has to start when everything is hidden. When everything is hidden from the inside. From the inside. Now when we talk about a home, especially since this topic has discussed home and leadership, we think of three entities by default. The first entity is a father. And the second entity is the mother. And the third entity is the fruits of that marriage, which are the children. Right? And this is in the Qur'an. This is in the Qur'an. And in Surah Yusuf. In Surah Yusuf, when we look at the dream of Surah Yusuf, or in Surah Yusuf, we see Yusuf alayhi salam having seen the sun and the moon and eleven stars. Right? The sun and the moon and eleven stars. And at the end of the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, there's an interpretation that happens based on this dream. This dream was interpreted and it was, there's two opinions of the Mufassirun, but if we take one opinion, which is the minority opinion, but for the purposes of our discussion, at the end of the story we see that the sun represented one of the pillars of the home, and the moon represented one of the pillars of the home, and the stars represented another pillar of the home. The stars represented the children, the fruits of the marriage, whilst the sun represented, according to the opinion we want to use, the father. And the moon represented the mother. Right? So this is clear that a home has these entities. And these roles should never become confusing. They should never become confusing. Every role has specifics. And when we mix and match, like when you go to Marks and Spencers, you have mix and match deals. Right? But when you mix and match, problems arise. And building leaders becomes something difficult. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about this dream of Yusuf alayhi salam. You might have heard it before because I taught it in a course and mashallah they, they recorded it and cut that particular piece and sent it around. So you might have heard it. But for those who didn't, let's repeat it. And it's, it's good for this particular discussion. And alhamdulillah we have the camera recording as well. So people will benefit thereafter. When we analyze this dream of Yusuf alayhi salam and what it represents... And we compare the father and the son, and the mother and the moon, and the children and the stars. We understand how important role playing and being diligent with our roles is in the formation of leadership. And in the formation of creating leaders of tomorrow, which is our children. So when we look at the sun, for example, we see that the sun, when it comes out, it brightens everything. And as a result, people go to work. And when you go to work, there's earning that takes place. And when the sun is out, people feel secure. Right? When do you feel more scared? In the day or at night? The fathers don't want to answer because the children are here. <laughs> you can still answer, inshallah. It's natural, we feel more scared. When do we feel more scared, young man? When do you feel more scared? Sorry? At night, right? We feel more scared at night. So when the sun is out, there's a feeling of security. The same applies when the father is around. When the father is around, earning takes place. That's his role. And when he's around, the family feels secure. When do you feel more secure? When your father's out at work or when he's at home? When he's at home. MashaAllah, you have a wonderful accent, MashaAllah. 
when he's at home. So there's similarities. In the same breath we have the moon. The moon is serene. It has light, but it's not bright and blinding. It's serene. It allows you to look at it and become amazed and appreciate its beauty. Right? Right? And this is the mother in the home. She is pretty and serene and peaceful. And the moon takes its light from the sun. Right? The, the brighter the sun, the brighter the moon. The same thing in the home. The more effective the father, the more effective the mother. When the moon is out, the stars are out, twinkling. When the sun is out, the stars are there. But do you notice them? Do you see them? We don't. And the same thing in the home. The children are more with the mother. Subhanallah, look at the Qur'an. And the Qur'an is giving us a sociology lesson. For those who ponder and reflect. For those who ponder and reflect. This wasn't narrated to us just for the sake of it. There were lessons in it. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Yusuf, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي يُوسُفُ وَإِخْوَتِهِ آيَاتِ لِسَائِلِينَ in Yusuf and his brothers, there are lessons and signs for those who ask. These are the lessons from Surah Yusuf. So, we see when the moon is out, the stars are out. And they're twinkling. The same thing with the mother in the home. When she's out and she's effective, the children are happy, they're jumping around her, they're always around her. Right? They're not around the father as much as they are around the mother. So this is role play. And the importance of everybody looking after their roles. And then we have another lesson. And that is in the way of the sun choosing to play the role of the moon. And the moon choosing to play the role of the sun. What happens when both try to play each other's roles? What happens physically? You have something called an... Eclipse. You have something called an eclipse. And this is the same thing that happens in a home. When the father wants to play the role of the mother, and, or in other words, let's not say that because these are shared roles, but when the husband wants to play the role of the wife, and the wife wants to play the role of the husband, what happens? You have an eclipse, but it's called a social eclipse. You have a social eclipse. And when an eclipse happens, the effect of the sun is weakened and the effect of the moon is weakened and the stars are nowhere to be seen. The same thing in the home. When the social eclipse happens, the role of the mother is weakened and the role of the father is weakened and the children suffer the most. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Ameen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Ameen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us diligent with his book. Ameen. So this is a lesson from the Qur'an with regards to the home, and with regards to roles, and looking after these roles. So, let's try and discuss our session together, looking at these three entities. Firstly, we have the father. We have the father. And the fathers are looking at me with big eyes at the moment. Uh, I'll try and be good inshallah. We have the father. And from understanding the explanation from this ayah in the Qur'an, we see that the father has a solid role. The father has a role where he has been given 
the voice of reason amidst confusion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the father the qawwa. He looks after the affairs of his family. So he would have the voice of reason amidst confusion. And note that I said reason. Not the voice of the army general. Right? The voice of reason amidst confusion. Now in defense, so I know I believe the sisters are here, so we must offer the male's defense. Right? In defense of our brothers, they're not being harsh. They're being stern. They're being stern. And there's a difference between being harsh and being stern. Many times the females say, Wallahi, my husband is an army general. I say, no, perhaps he's just being stern. There's a difference. You're taking it as harsh. But there's a difference between the two. And sometimes you need to be stern. Because stern or being stern at the time of being stern is a quality of good leadership. And the topic of today is leadership. Ala kulli The husband or the father is a voice of reason amidst confusion. And the Prophet ﷺ said, كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْعُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ That each and every one of you is a shepherd. And each and every one of you is responsible for your flock. You're responsible for your flock. Everybody has a position. And around them, those that are considered to be within their sphere of influence. So you are the shepherd of that sphere. You have responsibilities. You have responsibilities. And as I said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the male qawwam, responsible. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, that protect yourselves and your families from the hellfire. Subhanallah. This is a great responsibility upon a person thinking about marriage. Think about these responsibilities. Because marriage comes with responsibilities. It's not just something which we do in life. It's the way of life. We go with the flow. Everybody's getting married. Yalla. Let's get married. Everybody's having children. Yalla, let's have children. No, there's responsibilities. You build your jannah based on these responsibilities. And it could be a means of your destruction as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here says, protect yourselves and your families from the hellfire. Subhanallah. This is the role of the father. This is the role of the husband. This is the voice of reason. This is leadership. Are you leading your ship to its destination? Or are you not? Today we find, and this is, I'm not being stereo-minded, but many a time, and it could be perhaps because of the environments that we live in. The environments that we live in breed certain retrogression sometimes. But we find today men, men becoming chasers of the ladder. This is a term that's used in leadership. Chasers of the ladder, where you are a leader but outside of the home, not in the home. You are a leader where promotions are set. You're looking at climbing the ladder. So you do what you have to do outside the home. Remember we spoke about personality trait versus character trait. Personification is being exercised elsewhere. But in reality it's not who you are. Because if you were truly a leader, then charity begins at home. So today we find men, and as I said, we're not blaming men per se. It might be, and in my view it is, it is a result of the environment that we live in. And lack of focus from ourselves. 
we tend to ponder less and reflect less. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to be reflective and he used to ponder. He used to go to the cave of Hira and understand reason amidst chaos. The Quraysh were worshipping idols, burying daughters alive. They were circumambulating the Kaaba while naked, believing this is ibadah. That the, the best clothes to use when circumambulating the Kaaba is no clothes. The clothes which Allah gave you in your skin because everything else is filth. They had their own weird mechanisms of reasoning. And when matters didn't suit their intellect, they would change it. So they changed the deen of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Instead of standing on Arafah, on the day of Arafah, they would stand at Muzdalifah and say, well, it makes sense because Muzdalifah is from the Haram. And Arafah is not considered to be from the Haram. Right? Arafah is outside of the boundary of the Haram. So they would use their intellect and tweak the deen. So they left the way of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam never worshipped idols. Nor did he circumambulate the Kaaba this way. And according to the scholars who say he did observe Hajj before Islam, because Hajj was taught by Ibrahim alayhi salam, they say, and they have narrations that support the fact that on the day of Arafah, he would stand on Arafah. Subhanallah. The voice of reason is to contemplate. He would go to the cave. And this is evidence that you are not your environment and you are not your DNA. You are your core self. The philosophers say you are a product of your environment. And the scientists say you're a product of your DNA. Right? You're a product of your DNA. That's what it is. Right? We don't want to discuss these discussions, but there's something funny that comes to mind. But khair, we leave it for another time. The point that I'm trying to drive home is you are a product of your core self. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is testimony to this before Nubuwa. He wasn't engaged in the practices of his environment. He was a product of his core self and he understood his core self and we all have inner voices. But subhanallah today, the outside voices of our technology and aspirations are so loud that we cannot hear our inner voice. We need to take time to switch off. We need to take time to switch off. Switch off the Facebook and the Twitter and the mobile and the WhatsApp and everything else that comes with it and ponder and reflect. And ponder and reflect. So it's a lack of us having the ability to understand ourselves and the environment that we live in that has caused us to become these chasers of the ladder. We leaders, but where? Where it matters. Yes, it does matter to be a leader outside. But it even matters more to be a leader inside. Are we leaders inside? And we have traversed so far down the ladder. Remember we said chasing the ladder. Chasing the ladder means climbing it. But we have come or become in a state so down, so low with regards to the ladder that we have not even looked at the macro management of our home. We have micro and macro. Leave aside micro. Maybe your lifestyle does not allow you to involve yourselves in the micromanagement of things. But we're so far down the ladder that we've even left our concern for the macro. Remember we said Allah says protect yourselves and your families. If you have left both the micro and the macro, what direction are you offering to your home? 
What kind of a leader are you and what type of leaders are you breeding? Are you breeding the progress of tomorrow or the retrogression? It's a question we have to ask. Now just before the break we were discussing the father in the home, the husband in the home. And in continuation, brothers and sisters, uh, if we look at the life of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we see that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was an involved husband. He was an involved husband. Anyone just needs to pick up a book of the seerah to see how an involved person he was, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he taught us the dynamics of a marriage. And just the other day in Zimbabwe, they asked me to speak about a portion on marriage. And a point that I shared with them that shows how involved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was, where he taught us an important point just from his action, is how to be a person that lives within a marriage as a person involved, not as a person who treats marriage as some form of business transaction, where uh, each party deposits and takes out based on the depositing and taking out of the other party. This is not how marriage should work. And an example of this is how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked after Hind, the child of Khadija radiallahu anha. The scholars of Tariqh, they mentioned that she was married before she married him and she had children. From them was Hind. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked after Hind as a father and not as a husband to this child's mother. There's a difference. There's a difference here. He was with the child as a father, even though this wasn't his child. And not with the child as a husband to this child's mother. There's a difference. This is an involved element in the home. An involved entity in the home. Right? So we use that story as evidence to another point, but we can, if we, if we try and, and expound on this particular point further, we see what an involved person he was. 